Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast, powered by SpannersReady.com, providing blogs and podcasts. Hire us to produce your podcast by going to SpannersReady.com forward slash hire us. I'm joined in the podcasting shed by Matt Trumpets. Hey there, Spanners. How you doing today? Um, you must be on cloud nine and a half. Oh, you know me. I'm neutral. I don't. As long as the race is good, I don't mind. Okay, I'm not neutral at all. Hamilton won. Woo! I'm so happy. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> So a, a warning to all the non-Hamilton fans, I'll try to be as not irritating as possible, but don't worry, there are a couple of haters here on the panel, and Tony will relay any hateful comments from the chat room as well. But it was a genuinely thrilling Monaco Grand Prix, Matt, because we were, we were saying, I had to miss the race live, and we were saying, well, if there's one to miss, this is the one to miss. But it wasn't, really, I would love to have seen this unfold in real time with the strategies, watching the drivers dance about on the tracks. We got a real good look at individual drivers' souls almost this weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It, it was interesting. I, I made the comment that I, that Monaco's kind of like a lottery ticket. Generally speaking, you lose, but if you win, you're going to win big. And I think for most viewers, they won big yesterday because for the first time, I think since, uh, was it Barcelona last year, we saw an actual race for position one. And yes, that alone yeah. was worth the price of admission. And not even between teammates. Between two and, and it teams. was different teams, which I think, when was the last time we saw that? Like a proper race for the P1 between two different teams? No, because it's either been Mercedes tripping over themselves. or was Yates, it, maybe? Was it Singapore last year where suddenly the Mercs lost performance and, and Vettel ran away with it? But, yeah, but see, that was still a running away. I'm talking about yeah, a proper race yeah. for the first position. I think you'd have to go back to the V8 era to actually have seen something like that. Awesome. Well, what are we doing here? We are here. We are an independent Formula One podcast, but we are delighted to be on Downforce Radio. Downforce has the biggest collections of regular motorsport shows anywhere on the internet. 
truly the nation's motorsport station. Join Eurosport and Le Mans 24 commentator now, Jake Sanson, for the motorsport quiz show Pitboard. And I think that Pitboard could be a gateway drug into a lot of other forms of motorsport. We're trying to give you a race review before your Monday morning commute. Obviously, this week it's been delayed because of the bank holiday. So we're giving it to you before your Tuesday morning commute, but still your first commute of the week. Uh, All right. So we also we're trying to be safe for work and like super nice and polite ish. But we want you to be able to play this podcast at work or at the very least have it on with your kids in earshot. So you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. So that's some housekeeping out of the way. We've got some friends, haven't we, Matt? Yes, it turns out, despite our best efforts, we actually do have friends. Joining us on the line is Chris Stevens from Formula Spy. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great, mate. How are you doing? Oh, you're a little bit quiet there, Chris. Can oh, you? I'll try and I'll try and shout. No, it's good. You. It's good for your tech to be as disappointing as your general opinion. Oh, <laughs> general opinion, really? Because I <laughs> remember some things I said last week have been proven very much true. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> you write for formulaspy.com what's the last thing you wrote um uh, must, something about qualifying i think um you, how, you never know how come you never know when i ask you because it's been a couple of days so you're writing about how i was correct when i said mercedes reliability would be the only way a door was open for red bull uh no actually because um <laughs> well, rosberg actually got both of those uh stints in so I don't think Rosberg counts this weekend. Joining us yeah. on the line, we have a long-lost friend. If you know him and recognise his voice, you'll know where he's from. I don't normally do intros, but I'm going to have to in this case. Nutella. Spread the love. It's Anil Palmer. How's it going, Anil? Great, and it's so good to finally do another podcast with you guys. Yeah, we have been, we've been missing you on F1 and you know I've been nagging you to come on. Are you genuinely sort of up for coming here or is this just a, a attrition of nagging that's got you on the show? Let, oh, it's an attrition of nagging, but I mean, what a race. I can't wait to talk about it. Excellent. And then rounding off the panel are several people headed uh, by the fantastic Tony Thunderbeast Barnard. How's it going, T? What up, what up? I got my legion of chatroom fans coming in. See, I, that makes it sound like you're in charge of them, whereas I see it more as a Game of Thrones thing where they're warging into you and they're controlling you. You're Hodor, basically. Calm down. Right, what it is, is they make awesome comments. I take some of them on, I mention them. Uh, I also steal some of them for my own, so it works out nicely for me. Do you, do you ever really steal them for your own? Uh, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. Hey, we like to start with a thing called pre-race tidbits. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure I'm using that word right or saying it right. Tidbits. Yep, tidbits. Cool. Little tiny pieces. Hmm? Little tel- tiny, tasty, juicy morsels. I don't know if anyone else has got any. I've I've only got this one. Oh no, you hit the apex. Oh, plot twist. Plot twist. Oh no, you hit the apex. So Max Verstappen struggled after being a hero last week in Spain. Struggled to get to grips with the walled streets of death in Monaco, Matt. Oh, and Neil's going, I thought he was God, Neil. I thought he was the second coming. I thought so too, but it was so refreshing to see a circuit where drivers are punished for making mistakes. Uh, and even he got caught out. He wasn't the only one. Julian Palmer had a few incidents, but 
I guess it's a bit of a reality check after the last race. Uh, it wasn't a good weekend for him and it didn't really go well for him in practice or in qualifying. You know, I, I'm going to pick up on that. It's an interesting thing. Have you ever actually like, like competed like in any kind of racing event ever? Uh, go-karts. Go-karts. Okay. Fair enough. I, I mean, I used to race bikes for a team and it was, uh, we weren't professionals, but we were club amateurs. And what I can say is psychologically, it's interesting. Sometimes when you win, you think if you win, the pressure goes away, like you've achieved it and you can be serene and confident in that. But sometimes when you win, the pressure actually increases to do even better next time. And I think he may have fallen victim to that a little bit. Having done so well in Spain, he was trying to do even better and he was trying to do it without the engine that Ricardo had. And I think the combination of those two things might have really not helped him out very much on the circuit yeah that's a really interesting point you've just made there's actually a quote from the toro rosso boss whose name has just skipped out of my head franz uh, toast there we go uh, and he, he said last year that the second season of a driver is more difficult than the first for that exact same reason there's a lot more pressure on them yeah and it'll be interesting to see how he rebounds in canada now he well, got very lucky in FP3, didn't he? Because um, he went, he nudged the wall at, uh, at Massimo. But um, I remember Fernando Alonso doing a very similar thing in 2010, except he went in at a much worse angle and actually damaged the car so badly he couldn't take part in qualifying. So he got very lucky there. Yeah, and he so he, he took that suspension knock. Was that the same side that he hit the inside of? Uh... Same place. Was it the same place in the race? So. <laughs> Did he cause damage in the first knock with the one that put him out of practice? Do we know? It was minor damage. It, I, I don't even think he knocked the suspension out. I think he may have just hit the, the rim. But it was towards the end of the session anyway, so he wouldn't have lost much. Oh, you need a good aim to avoid hitting the rim. So what you need to do is not judge Max Verstappen too harshly. Because when I play Formula One games, as I often do, and I will be on Xbox buying uh, F1 2016. I don't care how good or bad it is. I haven't had an F1 game for a while now. And I would do, I want the missed Apex community to come on and race with me with that. But during a season of the F1 computer games, I always skip Monaco because it is just so unforgiving. I'm getting some nods from some gamers. I mean, I just... Uh, always, especially on F1 2010, because it had that handling model where if you went anywhere near a curb, you just spun and you could never recover from it yeah so like when monaco came up in the season i was like oh it's going to take me 15 minutes to click through this through all the various loading screens of the sessions all right then uh, anything else matt or go to qualifying no the only other thing i'd mention is after seeing ricardo's pace in fp1 and fp2 mercedes did make some setup changes to at least hamilton's car does anyone know if they made them to rosberg's also or is it just hamilton's i can only assume they would do them to both to be honest. Well, different drivers prefer different handling, so they may not have, but I know they made his car more oversteery. More pointy. Yeah. A, a front end. Do you know how I learned and, that? I learned that from listening to Button whinge all the time. That's how I learned those words. <laughs> just no grip. There's no grip out there. Uh, Wait for that. Surprise. <laughs> all right. Why don't, we, why don't we move on to podcasting? Why don't we move on to podcasting? Why don't we move on to qualifying? You've got a major problem, Sunshine. Again, for the 18th qualifying in a row, 
Hamilton's engine. Something happens to Hamilton's engine. And I watched this live on Saturday. And I, I found myself going, oh my goodness, the internet is about to explode. With all the sort of, the conspiracy stuff had just started to die down. And there we are in Q3 having to push Hamilton's car back to his pit box. Like, <laughs> you know, you started to think, do the tinfoil crew have a point? You know, spoiler, no. But that's what I was sort of thinking at the time. It happened to both cars, so. But visually, we only saw it happen to Hamilton's car. Yes, um, it was very unfortunate that Hamilton had already left the garage and was all the way down the end of the pit lane. So the mechanics had to run all the way down to the end of the pit lane, get him on the trolley, get him all the way back again before they could uh, send him out. And he only had enough time for, you know, one run. Rosberg, luckily, he was in the garage. He was able to get both runs in as planned. Um, for Lewis, I mean, it does kind of explain why he was behind Nico in qualifying because his fastest lap then ended up coming on like the fourth lap of the run. Yeah, yeah when it's... Lewis had that problem, I-, I have to admit, I've never refreshed Twitter any quicker. I was just waiting for the comments. I, um, I have to say, his actual lap, though, was really good. To put him third under that pressure, if, if he made a mistake, he got himself behind the Ferraris, it would have really cost him. He was a tenth up in the middle sector. It, it was the, the first the final the, sector. His, he lost it. His first sector was three tenths faster than Ricardo's fastest sector. He was on exactly. fire in that first sector. He lost time in the second sector, but was still up in the third sector. He lost like three tenths. And Rosberg's last lap on fresh tires was what launched him into P2. So how much time do we think Lewis might have had in the bag? or Because he was running heavy, I guess initially when his tyres were fresh and his tyres were some laps old by the time he tried to set a qualifying time. Uh, he might have... He, I think it's possible pole was a possibility for him. And and if only they'd have done that, Chris Stevens and Neil Palmer wouldn't have been so smug in the WhatsApp chat. I mean, you guys called I, this, didn't you? You guys called Ricardo. I also said, like, I said front row. I said they could split the Mercedes. Oh, yeah, I, did. I, would, yeah. I didn't discount the idea that Ricardo could be on pole. And it was a fantastic lap. So now, now, wait a minute, though. Technically, then you're wrong because he did not right. split the Mercedes. Yeah, idiot. Right. So yeah, how I are you, said, go, how are you banging on about happen. being right all the time when I you're said actually one of wrong? The two. What is this? I said one of the two was going to happen. And I, I, was, <laughs> I was right. Come on, a 13 6. They're knocking on the door of the lap record. It's amazing. It, it, it was the highest average speed at that circuit ever. That's what it, it was. was. A brilliant lap. No one would argue that. It was when he when he did that, they barely even covered it because everyone was still talking about Mercedes. But man, you know, I saw that time. I was just like, oh, it was remarkable. Yeah. Chat room has stuff to say because I can see the reflection. Tony's got a system where yeah. he, he tilts his head at the right angle and I get like a little beacon SOS. And in Morse code, he tells me the chat room has something to say. Your face is a beacon. You're talking to like that. Right. I was giving, I was stalling for time because you didn't look Anonymous, ready. Anonymous, lots of numbers said, uh, did Hamilton wear a hairnet during qualifying? Which is a fair point, I think. Uh, he, he does have a lot of hair related issues, apparently. And you can relate. Fortis jumped in with, I'm going to use a bit of artistic license because the language, uh, Formula Spy Guy, rubbish. Nothing happened to Rosberg's car. What? And then Summers, and then Summers jumps did. in with, it did Fortis. They both had an issue with fuel heating. Thank, thank you, Summers. It, is it just that Rosberg didn't really drive fast enough to make his overheat? Is that the... It might 
I don't know. I just read them out, mate. I don't understand them. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. So, Ricardo sticks it on pole. Hamilton thinks he could have had pole. He certainly made it clear to anyone who'd listen that he would have pole. Would have had pole. And I think it's important to note for everyone who's getting all excited about how fast they went, that the swimming pool complex is about 10 kilometers an hour faster this year than it was last year. So it's not quite apples to apples comparison anymore. Yeah, who would make a mistake like that? <clears throat> I can't wait to see the cars next year around there with more mechanical grip. Yeah, the tyres, the, the fat rear tyres that Pirelli showed off just before qualifying, that's going to make things immense. You are right. I cannot wait to see even wider cars not passing each other on the circuit. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> they look awesome. They look awesome. And yeah, it's going to make the cars 11% wider. But apparently that should improve slipstreaming. Oh, well, that will be good in Spain and other places. Yes, not so much Monaco, maybe. But yeah, you know. So, so there's not really a lot to say about Red Bull apart, left, apart from Verstappen did not do as well, and he binned it for the 14th time in Q1. Was it well, Q1? It was, a, it was Q1, yeah, because he was uh, then last on the grid, ended up starting from the pit lane because of an issue right. he had uh, just before the race, but... No, so he made it out in qualifying, but I think it's important to note, too, that he's used to and has driven that race in the Toro Rosso, which has significantly less downforce and grip than the Red Bull. And in fact, as he mentioned that in his in his interview, he said, I just underestimated the amount of grip that I actually had going through that corner. And I, you know, I'll give I'll give him that easily. What was what was interesting to me was the fact I saw um, Nico Rosberg make a, a similar mistake in practice twice where he clouted that uh, inside curb on the left-handed part of that um, chicane. Um, but he was able to keep out of the wall. The, the car rode the, the curb better, certainly. But Verstappen, his just went straight into the wall, making the same mistake. You had some stuff to say about Vettel and Ferrari, did you not, Matthew? Ooh, yeah, yeah. It was fun. I think he's going to run out of objects to curse that don't have the word Ferrari in them pretty soon. Oh, you mean he's like, is he trying to be political? And he's kind it of was like... the tires. It was like, tires. <laughs> and granted, it, it's entertaining his command of English yeah. invective. However, I think sooner or later, the word Ferrari is going to have to pop up in there because, um, you know. Or at least a Reba Veni. Tony? All right, yeah, I've got a few comments here. Summers jumps in with what uh, what we were saying earlier about the cars looking good. Do they look awesome? I hit the diagonal lines anywhere. I hit the diagonal lines everywhere. And uh, Fortis has just let us know that Game of Thrones is on, so he's out. So all the chat room guys here are watching the live stream at SpanishReady.com slash stream. The short times are finally listed on there ahead of time, so you know when you can join us. You can watch us right from the site of the Ustream app or... Both have it in as a chat room. So why not call in, sign into Skype and add Spanners ready? I definitely advise that. Call, yeah. yeah. Use your mobile phone with the Skype app. Add you don't need ready. any fancy tech at all, do you, Spanners? No, nope, you just, for a two-minute call, I can tolerate someone on their handset going, hello, hello, like that. So that's fine. Anil? 
Yeah, I wonder if it's a case of the honeymoon period being over over for Ferrari and Vettel. From the beginning of the year, they've been talking about winning races. After every race where things don't go well, they come out with the same message. We're going to be stronger. We're going to win at the next race. And the pace just wasn't there. I, I was amazed at how, um, how far off the Red Bulls, particularly they were in qualifying. It's going to be really interesting to see if Red Bull have actually leaped them in Canada, which is a completely different circuit. But I, I just get this feeling that Seb's getting a bit frustrated. And we should remember, when Alonso left Ferrari, he left because he felt as though they were only ever going to finish second or third. And I just wonder if, you know, that's the situation that Sebastian's going to be in. All right, then. Let's let's get it all out on the line. So people aren't privy to our WhatsApp conversations where Chris Stevens says one thing and then sort of changes it as the situation evolves. Uh, then I turn out to be correct. One of the things, versions of what you said was correct, yes. So, okay, then. Qualifying in Canada, I think we... we we all reckon the Mercs are going to have enough on that power track to to be on pole? Definitely they'll be favourite, um, but it'll be really interesting to see where Renault's new upgrade package takes them. And I, I predict that, that that will be third out of the top teams in Canada on the grid. Are you going to disagree with me, Anil? Well, Canada's all about having a strong ICE because it's a really it's a internal combustion engine because it's a very stop-and-go circuit and there's some really heavy traction zones. I think Red Bull will be ahead of Ferrari because their low downforce packages for years have been incredible. Uh, I, I think Red Bull will be the second fastest team, but I, I think Mark will take pole because they just get so much power out of that uh, combustion engine. Thunder With, Beast! Uh, yeah, Summer's in the chat room. It's relevant now. He said it'll be close between Red Bull and Ferrari in Canada. That's what he says, so that is what it must be. So he's kind of putting Mercedes out of that little competition and putting them ahead and saying it's going to be between those teams. Well, possibly not. Maybe he's saying it'll be close between second, second and third. Who knows? That, yeah, that's, the information's not complete. That is, that's what I said. You just repeated what I said. But it's good. I like it. It's a, it's a good, interesting new style of chat room hosting. We'll see if it catches on. Yeah, the audio dropped out. Uh, I, I, sorry, I, I cut you breaking up. Chris Stevens. Well, I was going to say, with uh, Ferrari's suppose, lack of traction compared to the Red Bull especially, I think that's going to put them behind Red Bull. Which interestingly goes back to the original Honda engineer who was showed up and said that they were interested in usable horsepower. And it may very well be with the arrow that Red Bull has, they have more usable horsepower than Ferrari does. And Canada should answer that question pretty convincingly. And Summers also makes the point, I'm going to steal Tony's job for a second, <laughs> that Renault have only used three tokens thus far upgrading their engine. Yeah, and that was have... a surprise. I saw Summers tweet that. And yes, yeah. if you're wondering, people listening, that is Summers, as in Matt Summerfield, Summers F1, the assistant technical editor at motorsport.com. The guy is a genius. The guy is worth listening to. In some ways, it's it's unfair on Tony to have him in the chat room. Uh, but if he says that that's an amazing thing, I I believe him. That's pretty mind blowing because they still got they've still got like seventeen tokens left for the year. I, th- I, th- I think it's more than that. 20. Twenty tokens, he says. Yeah. Wow. And th- there was a great quote from one of the Renault guys where he was saying. You could spend 32 tokens on the power unit and not improve it at all. Yeah. And just with three tokens, they've made a huge, huge step forward. So, yeah, really impressive. Be interesting to see what they can do for the rest of the year. Let's make a huge step forward towards the race and stuff.
Matt, they started behind a safety car, which wrecked potentially the only good corner of the entire Grand Prix. So when you, when I saw that it started between behind a safety car, I go, well, this we are potentially into for a very dull afternoon. Had I not spotted the glisten of the of the wet surface, bearing in mind that I hadn't watched any of the build up. Right. Well, it wasn't as entertaining as the deluge that hit the 24 hours of Nürburgring, but it was pretty wet out there. And right before the race started, uh, Martin Brundle, I think, got a hold of Fernando Alonso. And he's like, what's it like out there? And he's like, it's like driving on ice. He says, is that make your day hard? He says, no, I love it. Anyone could win. That's literally what he said. And it, it was very prophetic in a way. But Brundle complained mightily about starting behind the safety car. And the sense that I got from Twitter was that the, the the drivers would have been just as happy, most of them, except for probably Ricardo, to have started uh to have started without the safety car in front of them, thus guaranteeing some sort of massive carnage into Sandovat, and then an immediate safety car to rein it in. Now, do you think the decision to start behind the safety car was anything to do with and I'm not accusing anyone of anything, anything to do with the the family of Jules Bianchi filing a, another a court case about the incident, claiming that it was an avoidable incident, and then there being a deluge of rain. Do you, do you think Charlie Whiting and the FIA were, were ultra-cautious? Given that he is the person who was ultimately uh, responsible as the safety delegate of the FIA, for 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 Suzuka, yeah, I'd say that was probably on everybody's mind a little bit. And Bianchi's family was there with a big group of youngsters that they sponsor karting. Just saying, it's the first race that they've even watched since his incident. Yeah, Chris, I I would also add that uh, I I noticed on the reconnaissance laps that the spray and the rooster tails were pretty bad, even on those low speed laps so i don't really blame them for wanting to start it behind the safety car yeah i wasn't surprised that it started behind the safety car to be honest i think the question for me was whether they left the safety car out too long uh we've seen in the past that races behind the safety car what will happen is the safety car comes in just as the track is ready for inters we did actually get many laps of drivers using the wet tires and actually as hamilton proved the wet tires could go on well over 20 laps um, I would have liked to have seen it come out, uh, come in a few laps earlier. But then, given that Julian Palmer had his accident almost straight away, maybe it was a bit tricky. At the end of the day, though, these are the best drivers in the world and the best cars. I want to see them race on full wets. Wait a minute, are they, Anil? Oh no, you crashed on a straight. It's not even turning. He just goes straight. He just. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can I, can I just add, actually, in response to that? I, it was really interesting that Martin Brundle was saying in commentary, oh, he spun it on the, on the paint, that there's not enough grip on the paint or whatever. And I was, just, I was just thinking, really, is that the case? And then you saw the replay, and as soon as he hit the zebra crossing, the car just, he just lost the car. Yeah. So it was yeah. great to see that, because I've never actually noticed it. I, I just assume it's something that the commentators say, and I just kind of go, oh, yeah, I guess that's the case, but I don't really know because I don't race. But it was actually amazing to see as soon as he hit that zebra crossing, the rear end just flew him into the wall. It's something it's something that drivers always have to uh, watch out for on a damp or uh, changing conditions on a, on a track, um, especially if they're like on 
slicks when it's damp because it's the the painted sections that just retain a little bit more water and it doesn't have as much um, grip. And, you know, like Martin said, though, in that, the throttle pedal works both ways. Gone. All right. Uh, I've got some from the chat room there. Uh, reference the wet weather. Uh, Summers says that. Oh, I missed it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Summers says, uh, don't forget your scroll to... works both ways. Dude, just don't do it. Right. <laughs> so don't, don't forget you also have two Donkey Kongs on the circuit too. And their wet weather working group still haven't lined out everything. Uh, Adam McDonald, it was far better idea to start behind the safety car. A crash would have been inevitable. I totally agree with Matt. And then another anonymous with all of those numbers, uh, Jeremy Clarkson tweet summed it up. Hurry, hurry. If you want to see some cars driving very slowly in single file and drizzle, tune into the Monaco GP now. Uh, Adam McDonald, that's a blast from the past. Super nice to see you. And I've just logged into the chat room as well to see how well attended it is. And uh, very, very happy with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with this guy with Clarkson's tweet because I thought it was good. It was proper good. We just spoke about Julian Palmer. But there was another driver who uh, had a bit of an incident in the wet, and he was Kimi Raikkonen, who who actually has a very poor record at Monaco since his in his comeback. He's really struggled, but yeah, another incident, and that was really frustrating. And that was whilst the, the track was actually drying as well. But to lose it at the hairpin, and then to kind of wedge Grosjean into the corner, it was entertaining, but. Cool. We'll we'll get to the crashes um at the end in the crashes section. We the, the 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 first thing that jumped up our throats was a team order. A team order from Mercedes. Lewis is faster than you or or some such call and uh, and Nico obligingly pulls over and I I I was very surprised in race to see that happen, to see Nico comply uh, so much. And then we got reports that he had a brake problem, which might not turn out to be super accurate. What do we make of that, Matt? Well, he might have had a problem at the start with his brake temperatures. After all, it was raining and wet and the track was very cold. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was an issue. But more to the point, and the reason why I queried about the setup change on Hamilton versus Rosberg is... Because if they were running two different setups, it may very well have been that Hamilton was able to switch his tires on. And that would be the tire temperatures would have been something Rosberg was struggling with. If those tires weren't switched on, the way he's driving made perfect sense to me. Because he it would have been literally like driving on ice the whole time. And, and it just... Say what you will about him. He's a better driver than he showed the pace of that car today. So there was something not entirely right about it, and it affected his ability to extract performance from the car. Yeah, Chris? I wouldn't say that uh, Hamilton was able to switch the tires on faster because we saw that once he got onto the ultrasofts, he really struggled to get the temperature in them for a few uh, laps. Every time the virtual safety car came out, uh, he would struggle on the restart because he wasn't getting the temperature in. And I, I, I'm not 100% on whether there was an issue with the car because I've read the, the press release on it and it's a, it might be a brake issue, it might be something else. They don't really know. And I just think that it's, it's generally those kind of conditions where Nico's not really able to think on his feet as much and doesn't react to the conditions as well as, as Lewis. 
Okay, so <laughs> I'll I'll make the case. I'll make the case that this is R- Rosberg on just not a good day for Rosberg. Now Rosberg has a lot of good days where he's very fast. There's a lot of track conditions that suit him. There's a lot of race conditions that suit him. He's a good driver. I'm not taking that away from him. But Andrew Benson made a great case that um, it was a sort of circular crescendo pattern, which sort of Matt alluded to, uh, which is you you weren't heating the tyres, therefore you're not heating the brakes, they're not working properly, and one leads to the other, making it worse and worse. And Andrew Benson was sort of detailing this out. Now, Rosberg came out and said, well, I don't know, I can't really explain the lack of pace today. But then he came out and said, I wasn't comfortable with the car, and I couldn't really push it because I thought I'd hit the barriers if I did. Kind of answering his own question, which is that he wasn't comfortable with the car, wasn't comfortable with the setup, wasn't comfortable in the rain, it might be fair to say, and he wasn't pushing the car, therefore not getting the temperatures. So it could have just been an an unfortunate set of circumstances that culminated in, in being a lap down at the end of the race. The thing you've got to remember about Nico is that he is amazing when he's had time to really perfect um, the car. When the car is, is there for him, he's utterly dominant, like we saw uh, in uh, Austria last year, in Spain last year, and like what we've been seeing at the beginning of this season, where he's really been able to hone in the car to what he wants it to do. But in Monaco, it's the first time that they've had a, a wet Monaco track. And so they've really got to think on their feet. In a way, you can say it kind of separates the men from the boys. I'm not going to say Nico is you know, a boy in this scenario, but certainly he, he isn't able to react to uh, a changing track. Well, see, I, I'm going to, again, I'm going to disagree because I, I know the, that, that others have said that, you know, the struggle with the brake tire, brake temperatures and the tire temperatures, but it's also down to a driving style. Hamilton has always liked a more oversteery car, which does work the tires harder. And sometimes that can be a problem for him because he'll experience either graining or deg where Rosberg doesn't. But making the car fast, he, Rosberg, in quali was about two tenths off of Hamilton. And when we've seen Hamilton ahead of Rosberg, that's, that's the difference between them. When we saw them, we saw Hamilton immediately put, uh, it was almost a second a lap on Rosberg once he was let past. And that's just not the true difference between them when both of them have the cars working. I think Rosberg's setup contributed to brake and tire issues that then just hamstrung him for the whole rest of the race, if you'll pardon my saying hamstrung. But anyway. I just want to say that that race for me was a reminder that the best driver on the grid in four, on four wets is Lewis Hamilton. And, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to... Disagree. Which is a shame, actually, that we don't have more races with four wets, because I don't think he's that great on inters but on full wets he's absolutely incredible well, and he showed it again well as much as i would love to just agree with you blindly as a fanatic fanboy perez also put in a good and quick stint on the wets now he's a driver that i've always thought of as raw raw talent and raw quickness if not a little bit of a maybe maybe a character issue i don't know but do you think do you put him in that same bracket anil well, I've, I've never really thought about it. I was genuinely really shocked to see how quick the Force Indies were. Given how small their team is, you would think that 
they would only be quick on certain tracks that flattered the Mercedes power unit. Yeah. In those conditions, I really thought they'd struggle to get anywhere near the top 10. So is it Perez? So, is it Sergio? Well, he just, he just drove an incredible race. And it's as Matt said earlier, uh, when he was talking about Rosberg, Perez just had the confidence in his car to push. Uh, and he was able to take that through all weekend. Uh, and Hulkenberg was fairly quick as well. But yeah, for me, Perez was actually the driver of the race. He was absolutely unbelievable. But his pace at the beginning was unreal. I have to agree with um, Anil. I'd say that uh, Force India's pit stops were, you know, down to a T. They, uh, I think, pitted Perez for the Inters a lap uh, later than most others. And so that helped him jump a couple of cars. And he also pitted for slicks earlier than Rosberg and Vettel, which helped him jump uh, them as well. Um, and to be on the soft tyre as well, it, it was a, It turned out to be a fantastic race tyre. We, we knew it was going to do the distance. It was a case of whether the speed was going to be there, and it really was. It was an incredible performance. T, anything from the chat room, buddy? Loads. Almost too much to keep up with. Fortunately, I'm very good at this, as you've all seen so far today. Right, Adam McDonald uh, jumped in where there's a very similar case to Silverstone in 2015 when, by not going quickly enough, a Merc driver did not want to have, did not have the brake or tyre temperature. So no temperature meant no bravery. Rosberg, for the first time, looked like he knew it was protecting a world championship lead. Uh, Fortis jumped in and said the Rosberg problem. He suggested it was because he was in the wrong engine mode, so he just <laughs> moved over. Anonymous, lots of numbers, uh, suggested uh, team orders from Merck always favour number 44. And Craig Ollison asked, uh, are there any Merck tinfoil hat theories? Was it a gift for Lewis? Well, I mean, the tinfoil hat theories have been the other way, really, haven't they? That Mercedes are being a crushing Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but I've really got the theory, Matt, I, I know you want to come in, but I've just got the theory that I've always had, which is Mercedes favor Lewis Hamilton yes I I think they do favor Lewis Hamilton they see him as the number one driver they see him as their golden boy and I was talking with the editor of a large Formula One website and we were talking about download figures now we had a slight dip for example this week with the tech time uh, over the Spanish Grand Prix review which saw a big spike and we were talking about how race weekends get more downloads than non-race weekends And if Hamilton wins, downloads take a big, big spike. Because Hamilton is Hollywood, he's cash money, and Mercedes aren't stupid, and Mercedes are a business. And I I really think they want a four-time world champion, a five-time world champion, if they can get it a six-time world champion. I think Rosberg being in the lead through a set of genuine Lewis Hamilton faults has been a, a big thorn in their side, and that's why they were so passionate when they were talking about it not being a conspiracy, because they were like, no, really, guys, we're doing everything we can to get a Lewis World Championship again. No, I I think you would be... I I think they strive to make things fair between the drivers, but if you ask them, if if they could write the script... Then, then Lewis would then then what we're looking at right now would pretty much be a dream Mercedes script. Lewis Hamilton coming from behind, winning late in the season. With with other teams actually fighting for the win, so they don't look like it's just their series. <laughs> going over to Tony again, but a chat room, chat room. Yeah, be, be not, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, right? 
the podcast is a safe place uh, to listen to and everything like that. The live stream might not always be. And the chat room, I would suggest, is not a, a, a safe for work thing that you would want on your computer screen. Uh, be nice. Be nice, guys. Let's be the it's, nice place in the internet. It's getting pretty savage in there today. <laughs> People are passionate. Yes. Yeah, all right, yeah. One, one more comment, though, before we move on. Uh, Craig Allison jumped in and said, Dr. Z said the team is now balanced in the old... Yes. Oh my God. I'll come back to you, T. But did you hear that comment? Like, if he didn't mean it to come across like that, he'd sounded like a Bond villain for all the world. Yes, the situation in the team is now balanced. If he didn't mean for it to come across like that, oh my lordy. Yeah, it was. It was pretty incredible. It was as if he 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 may as well have said, Lewis has been pretty bummed out the last few races, and now he's happy again. So are you suggesting that Red Bull's bad pit stop was because he was in there, you know, pressing the wrong <laughs> buttons and getting the wrong tyres ready, Spanners? Is that, is, that your, is that your hunch? Oh, my goodness. That, that was absolutely epic, that I pit stop. I can see him on the phone to Dietrich Mateschitz. Dietrich, it would be fantastic if you could mess up the pit stop for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think the the real battle that you would want to focus in on, Matt, knowing you and knowing what you like, is yeah. the battle up front between uh, Lewis Hamilton and Ricardo. By the way, fantastic driving from both drivers. Just, just fantastic. Daniel Ricardo is is an out and out racer, isn't he? He is, really is a fantastic driver. See, and this shows how how little you truly know me. Because that's not exactly... No, no, no. That's what I'm saying is, despite that, the thing that would interest you was the interplay between the tyres and strategy. Yeah, it it does. I mean, hats off to the drive. I mean, first of all, Ricardo deserved to win. It was his race. He pitted with enough time. He should have won the race. Yeah. It was an astonishing drive by Hamilton to use those tires in the way that he did. And and Chris pointed out earlier, one of the most interesting things to come out of the strategy was the fact that Hamilton was on the ultra softs and Ricardo was on his supers. Now, the thing is, the supers, and as soon as I saw he was on it, this, this already, I knew it was going to be fascinating because the supers have a lower working range. They get hot, they get usable quicker temperature-wise than the ultras do. And they should also theoretically last longer, but just not quite be as fast in the beginning. But the conditions they put them on in threw all of that out the window. I mean, they would have had really zero data to go on in terms of of how the tires were going to be used by the driver. So it was very much down to them in the car being able to sense what was going on as long with the engineers looking at the data. But the real point I want to make is the the ultras are no different to the supers. Hardly. If we look at the job Pirelli did, there was was like no difference. Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, the the other point I was going to make as well was that um, we kind of saw that the Ultrasoft wasn't uh, really working the way the teams expected to because they had to do uh, two warm-up laps in in qualifying and in practice to get the best out of the tyre, which just kind of goes to show that the Ultrasoft it's not really different to last year's super soft and it will do roughly the same uh distance as the super soft um i'm I'm not kind of basing that off of this weekend because it was you know very odd um condition so i don't think you can really compare the two 
But um, yeah, the Ultrasoft is behaving in a, in a way that I don't think a, a lot of us really expected it to. And um, what, as, what as well was it? Ricardo's tyres were a little bit scrubbed. They were, they were like three laps old when he put them on in the race. So I think he'd used them in qualifying, which um, probably in the rain and on a damp track probably would have given him more grip initially when he came onto the circuit than a fresh set. Yeah, and they would have gotten up to temperature quick, quicker, which every time there was a virtual safety car meant we were going to have some excitement with Hamilton trying to defend until he got his tires up up and, and rolling again. But let's also talk about the extremes versus the enters. Because did you see much of a difference between the the two the two times? Because Lewis basically said there's no difference. Oh, guys, guys, I've just got to stop you very quickly because let's just cut to the chase. Instead of walking through Tony, let's get the man himself on, Matt Summerfield. Uh, Matt, we're not going to keep you for too long. But do you think you could just give us a quick explanation of why the Ultrasofts didn't seem to be that much different to the Supers? It was all down to temperatures at the end of the day. So obviously with the super softs working in a different temperature range to the ultra softs. So obviously the, the temperatures at the track and obviously the being a damp track, it was completely green again. I think that just is what made the two compounds play out differently to one another um, or should have made them play out differently to one another, but sort of converged. So uh, do you expect then if the ultra softs are coming to Canada, right? Yes. So in Canada, we're going to see a much quicker tyre that lasts significantly less as long. Good English there. Oh, you've cut out. You've cut out, Summers. Summers, we didn't hear. Any, we didn't hear any of your response. Did? No. It looks like you're having some technical issues there. I caught you saying yes vaguely. So Summers, we're going to let you go because you are cutting out of the Skype call, and uh, we hope to catch you very soon for some 2017 regulations chat. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna assume that he's heard me and try and hang up, but I am struggling to figure out how Skype works and how to uh, how to get rid of remove from group. There we go. That'll do it. So we probably will see a, a much truer reflection if what Summers is saying is true. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. In Canada, 
uh, if yeah, there's but no rain. See, now, this really frustrates me because one thing I would have asked him immediately is, well, explain to me Ricardo's uh, second session qualifying time on the super soft tire as opposed to the ultra soft. Said I mean, someone's had a comment earlier on. He actually said he's asked Pirelli for the ultra soft working range temperature, but he's had no answer back yet. So when he gets that, hopefully he'll be able to shed some light. Perhaps oh. they haven't figured it out yet. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to. I'm going to spit the words out of my mouth. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and time. I th- the ultra soft was only about half a second quicker than the um, than the super soft this weekend, partially because you know the circuits. So sure that the advantage is um, less over a single lap. So I'd say maybe that was a contributor to it. Um, what was interesting was it was only three tenths off uh, Hamilton in that session, though. Well, this is this is this is my point. I mean, either the car was wicked faster, or the tires aren't as different as they like as they ought to be to make them strategically interesting. Okay, so speaking of strategically interesting, explain to me. So let me get this right. Hamilton skips the interstage and says, I can hang on here. I can hang on here in wet. Hamilton has has said, although I cannot remember where, that he doesn't like the inters at all in general. So it's hardly surprising that he chose, and that was his call, wasn't it, to stay out on the wets and basically earn himself a pit stop and go straight on to slicks. Am I, am I right so far? Ricardo has to pit for inters and comes out behind Hamilton, quickly catches him but cannot pass. There was about a 10-second gap from Ricardo to Hamilton, and everyone was coming in for enters. Ricardo boxed, and there was about 10 seconds, and Hamilton stayed out. And in that subsequent lap, they wanted him to come in for enters. And that's where all the really entertaining stuff happened. So it, it, was, it would have been immediately he, him saying, nope, I'm not coming in. I think it's going to dry, uh, is what I've seen reported in the news media. What was really strange about that decision was that when Lewis was on the wets on the drying track, he wasn't actually driving in the wet patches that often. I don't know if it's because it's such a slow circuit that the tyres just were staying together, but it wasn't as though he was struggling to keep the tyres in shape. I mean, the tyres looked okay. No, yeah, they did. In the in the final stages of, of that stint, just before he put on the slicks, only then was he driving in the wet patches. I think the crucial thing, though, was that there was just not enough grip kind of anywhere on the circuit you know compare when you compare the the wet tire and the inters the inter tire wasn't exactly you know a, a, a big pace advantage over the uh over the wet tire i think it really it was you know the fact that ricardo's tires were fresher that he caught him so quickly but it, but it was advantage enough because ricardo there was there was a he made up what was it 10 seconds on Hamilton on those enters. Now, granted, Hamilton would have been, you know, managing his tires the best of his ability to not to not use them up before the dry line had had come in enough for him to go on to slicks. Because otherwise, he's he's blown the whole strategic opportunity he almost created for himself. And for me, the the whole drama of the race was like, is there going to be a dry line before he runs out of tire? That was just epic to watch. Okay, so let's uh, let's shift this along a bit to that pit stop, and the best I think the best gif I saw was a picture of a man kicking a car windscreen on top of it as it was leaving Monaco, and people saying that was Ricardo on Christian Horner's car. But 
a person in this chat room has recently become emotionally invested. Tony Thunderbeast Barnard, not um, an avid F1 fan, a great podcaster, not an avid F1 fan, decided to pick a guy. And Tony, last week in Spain, you were like, I've got my man. I've got my guy, Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, he's just awesome, right? I thought, yeah, I'll invest. I'll invest. And then between that and now that we do this, I make notes and I pick things out. And yeah, I'm right into it now. And it was super exciting for me. And I was thinking, yeah, he's going to bag a win here. This is awesome. <laughs> and then they come into the pits, right? And I just see what's unfolding before my eyes. And I'm struggling to keep this safe for work. But I'll, I'll hold it together. Don't panic. Yeah. He's getting a bit wide-eyed there because I, I do get a bit... And I was just like, what are you doing? Get the tires bolted onto the flaming car. What's wrong with you? I couldn't and I, believe and it. And then the commentators were excellent because they were telling us about Hamilton coming around as well and whether they were going to meet on when they exit the pit lane. And it was just, the suspense was unbelievable. I was loving it. I was texting him during and I was just thinking, I would tell him like, it's fantastic. I was right into it. My heart was in my mouth for about a minute. It was awesome, but not awesome in a way. You know what I mean? So you've so now that you've got a guy, you've cursed him, and uh, <laughs> and he lost that. Matt, how forgivable is that argument? I know they're saying it's very cramped in the pit lane. Well, it's not just cramped, but the the pit wall is in a completely different place. There's much greater distance between everything, and yeah. everything's just a lot more difficult. It's multi level, isn't it? So this, yeah, they, it is. They basically got the engineers up on top up above the the pit lane then you've got the garage and then the tires are below so you've got and these, out the back and out the back so you've got these yeah so it's not it's not really a pit wall it's a pit first floor a pit yeah. first floor so they it, it wasn't so much that they got the wrong tires it's that they changed their strategy they were going to go out on softs and they changed it to the supers at the last second and, and they they were out the back and they had to run and go get them and the timing was just not right do you think if hamilton had gone to super soft they'd have stuck with their softs was it what what i'm asking is were they reacting to hamilton going onto this the ultra softs because i i was really kind of like thinking oh man that maybe that means he's stopping again yeah i, think I figured they were in... going to go one step harder so I think that might be the case, Banners. They saw what Lewis was doing and said, okay, let's, let's go one step harder. So let's change from the softs to the super softs. But I mean, it wasn't Danny's decision. He was just told to come in. I imagine it's a bit of a strange feeling when you're leading the most prestigious Grand Prix to be sat in a pit lane with yeah. no tyres. He took I think it well. In, in those conditions, though, you, you kind of just go on what you know is going to work for your car. So I, I'm not entirely convinced that they were reacting to, to Lewis. I think they maybe realise that the Super Soft would have been a better tyre for them if Tony. they could make it through the distance. T. Right, chat room. Chat room, yeah. I'm, I, I laughed at it, but I, I don't know why, because I'm pretty annoyed about the whole situation. Generic F1 fan is the best thing he saw on the internet was that Red Bull give you wings, but not tyres. <laughs> uh, another anonymous... That, that after every incident involving Red Bull and it never gets old. Like That meme is just nah. repeated for everything. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's an older meme, but it checks out. It's awesome. uh, Anonymous 751 says, come on, Ricardo's way faster than Hamilton. It, it was the pit stop that gave him the win. And the tyre issue is rubbish. Ricardo is a better and faster driver. Now, go on, Anil, unmuting. Okay, so, yeah. I, I have... A question to anyone that watched that of live timings, which is probably just Matt. Yeah. When Hamilton came into the pits, he was just ahead of Ricardo by less than a second. Yeah. He went to Ultrasofts. 
Yeah. Ricardo lost about eight seconds in his pit stop. Right. Yet he emerged from the pits ju- only only just behind Lewis. It's almost like you weren't listening to Summers. The so, track was cold and and there was and it was still damp. His tires weren't up to operating temperature. So his first lap was again, you know, how many times have I said it today? Probably too many. But his first couple of laps until the tires were hot were were again they weren't working properly. So he had much more limited traction and he was facing a a, a similar problem I guess that Rosberg had, but he was able to 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 get round it efficiently enough. So presumably Ricardo's in lap was six or seven seconds faster than Hamilton's first lap on those ultra softs, which is incredible when you think about it, because it means that you know, they fluffed Ricardo's pit stop. But if it was just a ten second pit stop instead of a twelve second one, he probably still would have emerged as the leader. Yeah, well, let's talk about last year as 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 Hamilton hit the pit exit line, whoever went right by him. You know, I mean, like it comes down to those margins in this sport, and it always does. It's one of the things that makes it so much fun to watch. It's just the tiny well, things with the biggest differences. Well, one thing um, as as well you got to remember is that um, <laughs> pit lane exit is so long in in Monaco, and um, of course it that's all still soaking wet because none of the drivers have been. Uh, going over it, so his tires would have been so cold, so wet uh, when he initially came out of the pits that you know, it probably isn't going anywhere near full throttle all the way up to the, the top of the hill at Massenet. Yeah, um, and I, I, he was barely getting full throttle anywhere on the lap, to be honest. And I want to I want to point out that that Summers mentioned earlier that it it was Hamilton's call to stay out to gamble on that dry line appearing, which let's A, call it the gamble that it was, and B, say, yeah, made him look pretty genius for doing it. And But the team picked the tires. The team put him on the ultras. They decided that was the best tire to go with. All right, chat room so again, guys. By, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, right. This is important, though, because they're getting at it. There's a bit of an argument going on. Uh, Forrest says to Anil, Lewis lost time when he ran wide and cut the corner exit in the swimming pool. Adam McDonald jumped in and says, incredible in-lap for Ricardo as well. Summers then agrees. Anonymous 751, <laughs> he really doesn't like Hamilton. 44 is slow. Without the fastest car, he would be last. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think without a car, anyone would be last. I yeah, think that's yeah. kind of the way it Except works. Except all the times when he wasn't in the fastest car. And yeah, yeah. I, should, I do want to add, 2009. <laughs> Ricardo wasn't the only driver that had an incredible in-lap. Alonso as well um, did two personal best and that jumped him up to fifth uh yeah uh can we can we move on to the crashes in the podium matthew are we uh, well placed yeah i i i think i think we 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 skipped the whole and i looked you know what i said it was a blown chicane he was investigated oh for christ oh because, yeah, sugar yeah, yeah because but you know what it wasn't they actually mm. investigated him for not leaving a cars with on ricardo when he squeezed him okay so and, so can and we then, just uh recap that yeah. for for anyone who's it's not fresh in his mind uh coming out of the tunnel into that chicane ricardo was trailing hamilton not not attempting an overtake i believe hamilton breaks doesn't make the corner runs off to the chicane um and then it actually is slow to pull away even even then ricardo attempts to go around what would be the outside into the next corner um 
darts frantically to the left and complains about getting cut off. So we assumed that he was being investigated for cutting the corner and gaining an advantage. So the two ways he could gain an advantage were to prevent an overtake, and there wasn't an overtake happening, or increasing the gap, which the, the gap came down quite dramatically. So we thought that was a no-brainer. So they were actually were investigating the leaving the car's width rule, which is very uh, poignant after Spain. And I'm sure the chat room is going to have stuff to say about this. Yeah, well, they investigated it, and it turns out, you know, he left a car's width. So that was the end of that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It, it was quite aggressive, though. It was a no, no. I'm sorry. It no, wasn't. it really wasn't. I actually, I, I actually find it ridiculous that they even put the message up on the screen to say they were investigating it because you know it takes five seconds to look at the replay. Hamilton's actually moving left when Ricardo gets the fr- his front wing alongside Hamilton's rear wheels. It looked a lot more dramatic on the live feed because yes. the back end of Ricardo's car stepped out. Yeah, I, even when I saw that, and I think Martin Brundle said. Well, actually, I think Hamilton's been a bit naughty there. Yeah. When you watch the onboard, and it was, it wasn't, it was not even worth talking about, as far as I'm concerned. So here's how it played out to me. Well, here's where I have sympathy with Chris, which is right. In, in the live, live, it looked like he'd shut the door and and closed it off, and Ricardo had done the valiant thing and avoided the crash. But when they and when they showed the replay, they said, "Here's the rule," because this has been irritating me on forums. I'm going to get quite angry about this. People keep going on about a significant portion of the car as if that means you have to have half the car alongside. So let's clarify something, and Matt will nod along if I'm getting it right, and you can correct people in forums. They said in the regs, for the removal of any doubt, a significant part of the car is if any portion of the front wing is alongside the rear tyres, Matt. Have I got that right? That's right. And You've now, nailed it. Now, here's the other thing that people seem to be missing in forums is that rule only applies on straights before the braking zone. The rules are different in a corner. You don't necessarily have to leave a car's width. There are its own rules for that. So here, as long as he left the car's width, he was fine. So when when I saw the front wing come up alongside the back in the replay, I went, uh-oh, yeah, this is it. He's, he's clipped him off. But actually, Hamilton never moved into that car width zone at all. Yeah, Which yeah. is, of course, why no further action was taken. Oh, no, fair enough. But the internet, do you know, I was... <laughs> I was lying in it's bed funny you for say half that, an hour. Because yeah. I, I saw a lot of people say, oh, well, he cut the chicane. You know, he should be given a penalty for that. But I remember when Hamilton and Rosberg were fighting in Canada a couple of years ago, and Rosberg cut the chicane a couple of times. And I think the way it was handled was, three. it's like three strikes and you're out. Really? It wasn't as if Hamilton oh, okay. did that yeah. lap after lap after lap. The rule, well, the way they enforce it is, if you cut it three times in a row, that's when you have to give the position back. It wasn't as if Hamilton was deliberately cheating. I think the whole thing was overblown. So I think we're, what we're seeing is a lot of hurt from the Spanish Grand Prix still, where, well, where people feel I, like Hamilton dived up the inside. Well, I just love how any mistake a driver makes is somehow a deliberate ploy now <laughs> these days to, to either gain or, or, or maintain a position. It's like a driver can do no wrong ever. It's the equivalent of saying every foul in football is a yellow or red card. Exactly. It's ridiculous. It's it's a racing incident. It's in the name. Don't have to blame certain drivers. Just let them race. If you if you if you're not happy to see them make mistakes and collide, then don't watch Formula One. What I absolutely loved about their battle for the lead though was just like any single time they had to go offline, the rear end would just snap straight away and they looked like absolute gods driving those cars because they looked like a massive 
massive handful to uh, to to drive, and it, it's just the best time to be watching Formula One is when cars are doing that. Stop picking your nose, Chris. I'm scratching or, um... it. Can I not <laughs> have a scratch? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you not just go for one podcast without? Sniping me for something. Well, like, if you've got a mic and a pop shield, you could just go down, pick it, and so no one can see, it and then come week. back up. <laughs> I'm the very killer. poor. Sorry, I've I'm been a... I've been a lone parent all week, so when I see a young kid such as yourself picking <laughs> his nose, I can't help it. I have to jump in. Uh, I, by the way, next time I compiled a list of things I did before you started school, but we'll save that for another episode because we oh, are running so... short on time. It, the list does include obtain and use an HGV license. <laughs> frighteningly so uh matt can we move on to the crashes because we are running short time now tony wants to say some stuff one that. quick one uh, just it's important uh vortex motor or ken's been on he's been on he said that he saw jazz that anil is on yeah this one for you anil we all it's are. really weird not being the youngest person here <laughs> yeah you used to get the abuse didn't you last year sorry yeah uh yeah now chris chris and ryan ferris of e-radio show they all get it now is that all from the chat for now uh, you said you're running short of time, so let's move it along. There were 48 crashes this race. The one I want to talk about first is... Uh, here we go. Oh no, you hit your buddy. Don't hit your teammate. Don't hit your teammate when there's a team order. Don't just ram it up the inside. What are you doing, Ericsson? You complete waste oh. of an F1 seat. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen somebody do in a Formula 1 car. <laughs> I wanted to call it Monaco 16, Squabble of the Toddlers. Oh, my God. It was because that's really what it was like. It was like two toddlers in a Formula One car bashing each other. Felipe, the best, it... part, the, the best part was when they brought Ericsson in to retire him. And Martin Brundle just said, oh, I, it looks like they're retiring uh, Ericsson. And I didn't know if they meant career wise or just for the race. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was deliberate. <laughs> But I mean, Ericsson, really making Maldonado look good since. But <laughs> well, Maldonado, Maldonado was in the pit lane. He's been, he was there all weekend trying to find yes, a drive. I, I wonder. Do Do you think? Because we saw a couple of incidents there. We saw Ricardo. Sorry, not Ricardo. Uh, Danny Kvyat hit Magnussen there, and we saw obviously the Saubers come together. Do you think part of it is they remember Bianchi's move, where he sort of came on the inside of Kobayashi? managed to hit bang wheel twice to to nudge the caterham out of the way and then go through and they're going i'll fancy that it's brilliant because obviously bianchi did it one of the few overtakes you see at that corner and he's basically considered a hero for it but i remember perez did the same to raikkonen in 2013 in the chicane that was at the chicane yeah and truly did the same to chandok in 2010 and he basically went over chandok's car um so yeah you know ericsson tried it um it depends. As, if, as, silly if, as, if, the move looks, as silly as the move looks, yeah. though, I think the team are probably more annoyed at NASA because they were telling him to move out the way. Yeah, I'm going to do that because how could you not mention Red Bull? It was, was it the Hungaro ring? Mark Weber and Sebastian Vettel? Again, where Vettel thought he'd been given permission to go through and just drove right through the middle of <laughs> Weber's car and took them both out? Oh, that's your memory playing up. That's Turkey, not Hungary. Turkey, oh, okay. I was Turkey sure. 2010. Oh, okay. Matt. Um, see, there's one, I think there's, there's one thing. Yes, they might have been with it annoyed, but it's one thing saying, no, I don't agree with that order and hanging it out. And it's quite another to T-bone the other very expensive Formula One car. 
of your teammate for a team that is being talked about not finishing the season. <laughs> I think that's unforgivable what Ericsson did. Move along, son. Was, no. Wasn't the only crash we had, though. We had quite a lot. Raikkonen managed to crash on the slowest, the slowest turn in F1. Good. By him. himself. <laughs> all by himself. All on his own. What's looks, extraordinary about it that looks crash so dumb. Is, yeah, it, it, what was extraordinary is that he makes a mistake at the hairpin. He doesn't stop the car until after the tunnel. And there's this, you know, 40 seconds of just Raikkonen having a right mare. So first he hits the wall. <laughs> then he wedges... Uh, it, Grosjean. It, Gro- Grosjean, Grosjean into the corner yeah. because his wing is stuck under the car. He, he then reverses. Turn. He then reverses out of that position. At which point you're thinking, "Oh, he's gonna, you know, pull over to the left," and then he starts to go through the tunnel as cars are going past him at you know 150, 160 miles an hour, and you're just wondering, like, why didn't he stop the car before? Oh. There is a theory going around that he was trying to get closer to the boats to have a drink. I thought you were going to say, why does he carry on in F1? Why does he bother? It's done. It He's just done. cruising down there, spewing out debris, wing mirrors, fuzzy dice, all of that. I'm just thinking, how selfish can you be? Yeah, and the I, think the marshals, good at the tunnel, I think the marshals were yeah. trying to stop him before the tunnel. They were and, all waving yeah, at him, yeah. saying, stop, stop, what are yeah. you doing? He's like practically mounting his wing. Oh, Tony, you've missed a chance to say that they were saying, what were you doing? And he was saying, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. Trumpets, trumpets. Yeah, my my personal favorite comment on that was uh, I think it was Will Buxton interviewing Grosjean after the race, and they said, "So, Roman, tell us about your race." And he just looked at him and he went, "Kimmy, nice." (laughs) (laughs) Walked off. That's nice. Dropped the mic, and that was it. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, we 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 covered uh, Julian Palmer earlier, but yeah, an awful, an awful lot. I thought for a little while, I thought my bet of Harry Anto twenty to one getting a point was was on i thought it was on for a little while uh but it wasn't so yeah really nice high attrition race uh, okay so uh do we mind if we if we move on because i don't think we've got time to cover all of that any other business matt but do you want do you want to pick out a couple of bits of it we can talk about the virtual safety car next week when we talk about the regs yeah we can do that i think uh alonso's finish was was really very very good he drove an excellent race and the uh, double points for mclaren that's first time this season uh, yes, second in Russia. Second time. It's worth mentioning that JB had a kind of mistimed first pit stop, we can't, which put him on the back foot for the rest of the race, really. Oh, that's yeah. the reason this week. Okay, it is, that's yes. great. I'll tune in for the it's reason packed. next week. Well, it's interesting because we always say he's the one that always gets the decision right, but it, the pit stops did not go his way. Tony? Yeah, just the last one from Vortex Mortio. Uh, watch your match with Stappen's new DMB. He's offered up Mad Max or Maldonado over Stappen. Personally, I'm going for Crashing at Crash Face. <laughs> yes. Ooh, very oh, nice. I, I like Verstappen myself. <laughs> Verstappen. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'll say uh, a comment we got on the Facebook page. I'll take this opportunity to plug the Facebook page. Search Missed Apex Podcast. You unfortunately have to put all three search terms to get into there. There are 89 people now in there. You could be the 90th. And I'm trying to make that. Let's make that the nice uh, place to go and talk about f1 on facebook anyone can post that's fine but just looking at the vitriol and headache of going to any other f1 group let's try and make this the nice one and there was a comment from jonathan wiltshire that said button made his signature wet move pit early and hope for the best it's worked maybe one percent of the times 
And he's claiming that he's the best at reading those situations. I'm sure that made Spanners chuckle. Yes, it I very much say, did. Sergio Perez now has more podiums since he's, he left McLaren than McLaren have had since he left. Woof. That's yeah, gotta. Yeah. That's gotta hurt. Um, so um, to the comment I was just talking about, I would say that I think that tactic works exactly. 50% of the time. Biggest myth in F1 is that Jensen Button is the master of changeable conditions. Uh, carry on with your list. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's pretty much it, though. Oh, no, good. Because we, we're going to talk about the safety car next week. And then what, 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 Chris? Uh, well, I was going to say um, a Hulkenberg pipping Rosberg at the line. Yeah, very good. Because that last lap for them was horrible because it just started to chuck it down they were tippy-toeing their way through that final lap and I, 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 I don't know what happened to Nico at the final stretch did he just get a poor run off the corner or he what? was on his tyres were a grade softer than Hulkenberg's so he lost he lost about five seconds to Hulkenberg oh he was incredibly slow so for, the, for that entire lap they missed it on the TV feed but you could see Hulkenberg was right up behind him and then out of the yeah. final corner he just had no grip Ah, uh, okay. Because it would have been cold it... tires again. It would. Oh, yeah, that's true. But it would. It's a little bit embarrassing, really. That's good news it's for Spanners because I think for the championship that puts Lewis within a win. Yeah, close your them right up. Well, do you know what it? Do you know what it does? Twenty-four do? points. Do you know what it does do? <laughs> if you were going to be a crazy conspiracy theorist, it's made up more than fourteen points, which would have been the seven points that Lewis lost by not winning in Spain and seven points for a one two Mercedes finish with Hamilton in front in Monaco. So for anyone who thinks that Mercedes favour Hamilton and we're going to punish Nico for Spain, maths. I just think that's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm sure it's coincidence. I disagree I'm with sure. you. I'm sure it's, it's coincidence. Funny. I'm just, hey, I'm just asking questions. See, that's a good argument tactic. Only, just... only say stuff when you're sure. And if you're not sure, phrase it in a question and then when people disagree with you you just go i'm just asking questions i'm just striving for the truth why do you hate the truth just spitballing man (laughs) we've got a pretty exciting championship on our hands now points wise lewis is now within a win you think ricardo has basically lost out on two wins in a row and he was not happy after the race no he wasn't we'll get to that we'll get to that (laughs) um so he, he he's lost 20 points um through the team's kind of strategic areas in the last two races it's it's pretty close at the top. Yeah, much closer than it's been the past couple of years. I was just going to, with Red Bull's package at the moment, they are set for an incredible you know rest of the season where they can really take the fight to Mercedes. I think that's taking it far too far. Far too far. They're not going to take it championship-wise. They might take it two or three wins. Singapore. Like things have happened. Plenty, there are going to be plenty of circuits that work well for them. Singapore they, they, will be they will fun to watch them. Singapore and Hungary. All right, kids, let's move on to the podium. <laughs> and and don't haven't we had just a run of stroppy Monaco podiums? Uh, before we go on to the podium, I'd just like to do some some listener feedback. Um, and I know Tony's going to line up a comment of the week later and i'm stalling for time because i'm darned if i can find the review i wanted to read i've got one i'd like to read go for it 
Is it the same one you were going to? No, it's not. I know it's not. Okay, okay. So THG3 uh, titled his reviewer A Different Approach to F1. And he said, uh, very entertaining podcast on F1. Good discussions on the tech and race reports. And I get this, guys. Uh, Spanners offers a good comedy value. And what I was thinking when I read that is like, Spanners, did you get your mum to write that for you or what? So you saw that as a good thing. I saw that. Thank you very, very much, by the way, for the, the review. We could do with iTunes reviews. Search Missed Apex. It's the one by Spanners Ready. We are syndicated on other feeds, but please do it on by Spanners Ready. I read that as, hey, really good, interesting, intelligent stuff. And uh, the little clown on the side, Spanners, offers the odd giggle. I, t- I, t- I took that to heart. I took it that oh, way. Oh, so that you thought they were laughing at you. I thought he meant like laughing with you as if you were hilarious, which is what confused me. No, I think, well, I think he was calling me the comedy Dave to, to Matt's Chris Moyles. Uh, well, that makes more sense, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. and Neil Palmer's got to shoot. Where can people catch up with you on the internet, Anil? Find me on Twitter at AnilP228 for all things F1 related. Yeah, that's worth a follow. Trust me, kids. Follow this man. This man is going to go places. We love you, Anil Palmer. We'll see you soon. See you guys later. Now, the iTunes review I wanted to read was from Irish Boar because I got it wrong last week and he urged me to read it out. It says, an antidote, not an anecdote, an antidote to the post-race Sunday night come down. Often hilarious, always informative, running jokes. It's the wittertainment of the world that is F1, full stop. And hello to Jason. So Irish Boar is saying hello to Jason. And yes, if you want to put a message in your iTunes review uh, that we will read out, feel free and crack on and do it that way. Anything else, T? No. So we're on to the we're on to the podium, and Daniel Ricciardo has some very very harsh words in his car. Do you think he might regret attacking the team so strongly in his passive aggressive way on the car radio, and then in the press afterwards in the press pin, pen? I mean, I think you, I think you might regret some of the words he used, but I mean, you, some of that could be forgiven because uh, on the commentary and that, people made a good point that it's all the adrenaline's got flowing. You know, it, 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 some of that can be excused, you know, because you're not thinking straight; you're just fuming and just you're just in a different state of mind. You're just straight into the press, aren't you? You don't get a debrief, you don't get a chance to calm down. They're on you like flies around the proverbial. He has every right to be upset. You know, so I can understand where he's coming from, and it's it's just you know a message to the team: don't mess this up again. You know, because we've already lost two wins because of it. Has no one learnt anything from the fable of Paul Deresta? Has has no one learnt that if you slag off your team, if you give them a lot of, eventually they are just going to drop you? Isn't Ricardo needs to watch out because. Yes, Red Bull definitely made a mistake, and it's absolutely unforgivable, but it happens. Mistakes like that will happen a percentage of the time. When a new situation arises like that, that was probably the first time that kind of situation has come up, mistakes do happen, and he was savage. He was absolutely savage, what he was saying in in the press conference, T. (laughs) Anonymous in the chat room said, uh, yeah, but... After all of that, he did get a chance to meet Justin Bieber. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely, we'll get to that in a second because that was that was a little weird, wasn't it? That was a little weird. But Ricardo, he he had a real proper strop on. Now, I would just like people who don't like Lewis Hamilton, and there are things to not like about Lewis Hamilton, to just imagine, listen back to the radio, listen to Ricardo in the pen, and put those words into the mouse mouth of Lewis Hamilton. 
how do you think the internet would have reacted then? Uh, my mind is incapable of understanding such logic. The the internet would you know is is a is a horrible place sometimes. I think more level headed individuals might uh, might say otherwise though. Interesting. And so and here's Hamilton. If he if he doesn't want the F one community to love him, I guess the way to do it would be to give your mate a Justin Bieber, and I'm assuming they're mates because like why else would he be there? They seem pretty chummy. Give your mate the champagne first before celebrating with your team. Ah, that didn't go down too well, did it? Yeah, he offered him a drink. He sort of like, as to say, yeah, you would drink? Now, I thought he was going to shake it up and spray it in the face. And I thought he would have been redeemed in my eyes then. Yeah. He would have been all singing. He would have been the best. But he just let him have a little drink, which, by the way, Bieber nearly choked on, which is quite amusing. <laughs> I want to say, did they check his ID first? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe how huge Justin Bieber was because, like, what bef- I don't know, like, I left the sort of being young and normal scene and he was just some kid who did a nice YouTube video and now he's, like, the biggest star in the entire world and he can just literally do whatever he wants. Monaco Grid, he's just there. Hey, well done, everyone. Well, good for him. Good for that young man. He just stood there like a spare part. Like, <laughs> you know, this little interaction with Hamilton. And then for the rest of you, he just stood there like he didn't know what to do. And so he's like, oh, congratulations, dog. And then that was it. He just stood there like a mannequin. Congratulations, dog. We should say that to each other at the end of every show. All right, let's go for some awards. And yes, I know another F1 show does awards, um, but I didn't steal it from that F1 show. I did steal it, but I didn't steal it from that F1 show. Frog pants. Who is your thing, driver, team, or what's it, of the weekend? This is the good one. Who did good stuff, Chris Stevens? Daniel Ricciardo. He was perfect. All weekend, didn't put a foot wrong. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Did he do anything wrong? No, he didn't. Not a single scrape against the wall. Not a single error was made. And I I just knew going into the weekend that he was going to be brilliant what about bottling it through that car's width that hamilton left after the chicane yeah he you know got a snap of oversteer can't blame him for that matt agree agree i don't he didn't bottle it maybe he just thought he was going to get the door shut on him and get smashed into the wall matt that's what that's what some people have said that's what some people have said well there you go there you go some people have said matt who's your thing of the week out of the weather the weather. Yes, congratulations. Weather wins. Thank you, weather, for giving us an interesting and fun and exciting to watch for at least half of it, Monaco Grand Prix. Yes, we should thank whoever is in charge of the weather, Poseidon, I believe. Thank you, merciful Poseidon. Uh, who, who, who else is on this panel? Neil's gone. Uh, oh, me. Oh, yeah. Who do I think? Who do I think? Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Back on track. First win since Austin. Championship back on. He is within a race win and a Rosberg retirement now. Uh, but on a serious note, he made a great call on the wets and he pushed hard. Now, I'm not sure that every single driver on the grid would have put themselves in that car in the position to take advantage of Ricardo's mistake. So because it's already he's already got one tick, Ricardo. So I'll give mine to Lewis Hamilton. Tony, what? what go on, take a guess. I am going to go for young Max because uh, right, it's, it's, you know, it's unconventional, but... Uh, he was speaking. He was being. Wait, wait a minute! What? Max Verstappen. He crashed yeah. seven times. Wait, 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 wait! Listen, listen, listen! Bear with me, right? He was being interviewed, and she said uh, in the interview, she was saying like, "Oh, so uh, was there an issue with the car?" And and he was like, ah, "No, the car was checked thoroughly. There was nothing wrong with the car." And then later on, 
Uh, he actually, in another interview, actually said, yeah, it was, it, he held his hands up and said, yeah, it's my fault, driver error. He, he had an out there. He had several outs where he could have yeah. done what maybe a lot of other mature drivers would have said and more experienced guys would have been, oh, yeah, it was, um, I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I had the right setting engaged. But he didn't. He just held his hand up and says, yeah, I'll do better. That doesn't impress me one bit. No. <laughs> Owning up to your own mistake. It was pretty clear it was his own mistake. We <laughs> saw it, it, it crashed in FP3. It crashed in qualifying. crashed in the race. Come I on. defended you another episode ago, Chris Stevens, to oh, Spanish when he's been... Oh, no, that's it now. I'll see you next time. Oh, I hate to rip you apart, T. But... Yeah, so he's just like that kid next to like the burning rubble, just putting his hand up going, my bad. Yeah, no, we, we can tell because you're the burning rubble. You're holding a lighter. We can see that it's your bad. Uh, all right. Hey, it's a, there are, there are opinions are like noses. Everyone's got one. Thanks for your contribution, T. Hang on a minute. Oh, no, you missed the apex. Who missed the apex? This is the bad one. Who, who do you think did a bad thing, Chris Stevens? Yes, Chris though. Stevens, correct. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Now someone else hates Chris Stevens. Yeah. Oh, um, I just caught in the chat room Vortex Mortio saying, doesn't Spanners get tired that whenever Chris Stevens and, and him disagree, Chris is always right. Uh, that, has, that has never happened. But there we go. Yes. I thought we were oh, friends, I Ken. You. I thought we were friends. Etu Mortio. Right. Who did the, who did the bad thing, Chris Stevens? Um, this is gonna, this is gonna make people forget every positive thing I've ever said about this guy. But uh, Nico Rosberg. Yeah, he had a shocker. I think yeah, I, 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 agree. I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to suddenly tweet me saying you are a, a Hamilton lover and a Rosberg hater. No, because you're not. You're definitely not. Because I've said plenty of nice things about Nico Rosberg this year. Yep. Yeah. So please don't tweet me saying that. Yeah, he's got half, find half a yard there, hasn't he? Matt, who did the bad thing? Who was bad? Well, one needn't look no further than the uh, Red Bull pit first floor yeah so the pit for, wall for, yeah. for cocking it up completely i think yeah red bull as team tony who is your bad award thing also agree with matt but also raikkonen i just think he needs to sort his act out he's just a terrible terrible person and by the way i do i know i noticed you all call him kimmy like some sort of f1 shorthand because raikkonen but I, I don't like him so i refuse to be on first name terms with him so it's mr raikkonen. mr raikkonen yeah Okay, and uh, I'm giving my, oh no, you missed the Apex Award to Marcus Ericsson. Get out. Get out of F1. Marcus Ericsson, you're in Monaco. Get in the sea. It's right there. Get in the sea. We have one more award, which is... Daddy, I want a pony. And I want it now. And that is the award for sort of... It's generally for radio and interview behaviours when people have thrown their, their teddy out of the pram. He had a great race. He did a great qualifying. He didn't put a foot wrong. But he definitely gets the Daddy I Want a Pony Award. And he's, and to be fair, he admitted it. He said, I held it together with Spain. I do not know how to handle this. But the language he used, I've been... Um, oh, I can't actually use some of it. Screwed? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've been screwed here. I've been messed up there. He he directly blamed the team. There was no, hey, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Um, and he kept saying, I don't want to say anything right now because I just want to get out of here. I don't want to say anything. But what I will say is that the team messed it up, and it's and it basically went on to then say everything. 
So, Daniel Ricardo gets that from me. Please, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to an active chat room. I tell you what, we could have had a podcast of just Tony reading out the conversations from the chat chat room, couldn't we, T? Near impossible to keep up with today. We might have to get you some help in the future. It was dead busy, and then, obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about, so that that compounded the issue. But, uh, yeah, I really appreciate everyone jumping in, though. We like it busier. We'd rather it busy than quiet. If you're finding us on spannersready.com forward slash, I think, Missed Apex, um, that's great. You can listen to the show from the player in there. But please, it really helps us out if you subscribe on your podcast app or on iTunes. If you see more than one Missed Apex feed, uh, mine is the one that says Buy Spanners Ready. We would really appreciate you, as we said, going to the Facebook page, Missed Apex Podcast on Facebook. And did you know... There are two ways in which you can give me money, if that's the sort of thing you'd like to do. You can go to Patreon, and you can go to SpannersReady.com and go to the Support Us page and click the Missed Apex tab there and set up a micropayment. We are trying to do things here on Missed Apex and at SpannersReady.com. At the moment, what we are funding is a mixing desk for Matt Trumpets, so he can take the reins of show production without me completely sans spanners on occasion not the race review shows probably the tech shows chris stevens is also going to get into a similar situation where he can produce podcasts the patrons we have have already covered hosting fees this month which has been fantastic so if you could spare a micropayment dollar a month uh, that would be much appreciated also matt you can hire us to produce your podcast at spannersready.com forward slash hire us if you've got stuff to say and you want to say it but you can't be bothered to do all the things like record edit master audio host the files publish on itunes well you can hire us spannersready.com forward slash hire us chris stevens where can people find you on the internet people can find me on twitter at c stevens underscore journo and they can also read my stuff at www formulaspy.com I don't recommend either of those things Matt Trumpets I do (laughs) Matt Trumpets where can people find you you can find me on the Twitters at MattPT55 and please by all means go read my race and quality reviews on thejudge13.com but most importantly if you don't want to have to watch your Formula 1 race ironing pants and surrounded by noisy children like Tony Go buy my wife's book, Amanda Weaver. A Common Scandal comes out literally this day we are recording. Go buy it now, give it to the missus, and enjoy your race in peace. She will be distracted, and then she will want to cuddle you. Tony, people can find you where? Well, we're running short on time, but I'm going to forgo my plug and throw this comment in because I really appreciate it. Generic F1 fan, you guys are great. I love the professional unprofessionalism and this <laughs> podcast easily beat the official F1 race review by the BBC. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, well, we, we also like the official uh, programs from the BBC, but we really appreciate that. The chat room have been absolutely fantastic. I urge you to come and join us on the live stream. I've actually started posting the times now. So if you go to the live stream page, you will see when we're recording. Um, other than that, I'd like you to check out some of the dad's podcasts, uh, a dad hub podcast and loads of other things at spannersready.com, including articles. So, wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. See you next time on Missed Apex. And as now is the tradition, I forget comment of the week. 
and I go to Tony late, just as the music fades out, <laughs> before clicking... Comment of the week. 90 minutes in, what's comment of the week? Oh, I'm so tired, I want to go to bed. Okay, welcome podcasts. See what I did there? Podcast is an anagram of podcast. I'm yeah. sleepy. Yeah, copyright me. Uh, from Gary Gerhardt. Between Hamilton going from full wet to slicks, Ricardo sitting in a pit box like a sitting duck, or Perez sticking that force India on the podium, I'd say it was a rather exciting Monaco. Love it when it's not just another Mercedes train. Make them work for it. Where was that from? The Facebook page? Yes, sir. Ah, oh, brilliant. That is a really nice summary to end. See you later, guys. Comment of the week. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 